The Denver Broncos defense must pressure Houston Texans rookie quarterback C.J. Stroud if they hope to extend their win streak from five games to six in Sunday's matchup. We'll give you our players to watch our keys to victory on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. You are locked on Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All eyes will be on the Denver Broncos-Houston Texans Week 13 NFL matchup in Sunday morning. Most of America is going to see that game early on here, but the stakes are high for the Denver Broncos. Welcome into a brand new episode, Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country, all the everydayers out there for making us your first listen of the day every single day. Just a reminder, you can get the show every single day, all year long for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. So do us a favor, if you haven't done so already, subscribe or follow down below so you never miss out on all the action that we got going on here covering this Broncos football team. I'm Cody Rourke, Broncos reporter for Mile High Sports. Joined alongside, as always, by Sarah Bettinger, site expert, predominantlyorange.com. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Sarah, the table has been set for this week. The Denver Broncos are gearing up for a Sunday showdown, an AFC conference matchup against the 6-5 and five Houston Texans, who've been such a tremendous story so far this season with C.J. Stroud, obviously coming off of an AFC Offensive Player of the Month, an NFL Offensive Rookie of the Month award for the month of November. And now the Broncos are going to have a tough test there. But ultimately, I think this is going to be a very interesting measuring stick, not only just for Denver defensively against that offense, but I think it's also a big week here for the Broncos offense against the Texans defense. It's a tough challenge there, but I'm going to dive into our players to watch here, my friend. So I'm going to let you set the table for today's episode of the show. When we talk about players to watch for the Broncos and the offensive side of the ball this week, going into this matchup against a stingy Houston Texans defense led by D'Amico Ryans, who do you have your eye on? I'm looking first at Jerry Judy, right? I mean, I think we've seen the Broncos, they're willing to establish the run and they're willing to grind teams out in that way, right? They they want to pound the rock. 39 times for 169 yards against the Cleveland Browns. I think that's really a great formula for the Broncos. But Cody, if the Broncos were a basketball team, they I think it's fair to say they would be like a, a poor three-point shooting team. What do I mean by that? Well, Russell Wilson, he's got 20 passing touchdowns, as we know, this season. 17 of those have come within the red zone. That means that the Broncos don't have a lot of shot play touchdowns. I think we can think of most of them off the top of our head. Jerry Judy, just his involvement is so spotty, and we've compared the Broncos to a Big Ten team before, and I think one of the things that comes along with that is, in addition to just grinding it out in the running game, playing tough defense, creating turnovers, creating opportunities for your offense off of turnovers, another thing that 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 comparison lends itself to is really the fact that every single week you might have a different player in the passing game playing the biggest role in your passing game. So one week could be Cortland Sutton. The next week could be a running back. The next week could be Jerry Judy. And you kind of hope that this week, Jerry Judy is able to take over a little bit. The Broncos haven't involved him super heavily. Haven't necessarily needed to. I mean, they're, they're, Five and zero in the last five games, but at the same time, you want to see Jerry start to get on a roll so that passing game can really open itself up. Definitely looking forward to seeing what he can do this week if the Broncos are able to maybe get him some more opportunities in the passing game. 
And if he's actually able to play too, I think that's also something I don't think we expected that this week and kind of the buildup for this game, but obviously he didn't participate in Wednesday's practice. He was limited in Thursday's practice. I watched him in Thursday's practice Sarah, And the one thing I saw is he was there for team stretch. He left during individual period while the receivers were running routes. So he went out on the side field. They were practicing indoors because it's obviously an indoor game here, but then he made his way back to individual period without his helmet right before they got in a team period, before they kicked us all out and said, hey, you can't be here anymore. You can't watch any more practice for today. I think today's practice, I think, is going to be so crucial, right? And, and I even wrote this as well in my column. I agree with you. I think this, everything right now, if you watch the film, when you factor in my player to watch, Cortland Sutton, he's going to be followed by Derek Stingley Jr. But Sarah, like if Jerry Judy is able to go here, watching film this week on the Texans, they... I mean, this could be the Jerry Judy breakout game this year that maybe we've been looking for here because not only can you do stuff in the slot, you can do it on the outside opposite of where Cortland's at, but I just don't know if they have the coverage assets to be able to do that. Now, look, they're secondary in the back end. Jalen Petrie's a stud. Jimmy Ward's obviously a baller there, but they just released this week Shaq Griffin. They released him on Wednesday. He was claimed by the Panthers. I mean, their secondary's kind of thin at the cornerback spot, so this is a perfect opportunity for Jerry to eat. I'm with you there. But to expound on my guy here in terms of Cortland Sutton, my player to watch on the Broncos offense this week, man, he's just been on a hot streak this year. Obviously, last week, three catches, 61 yards. He's still a very major part of this offense here for Sean Payton. But I think also something to watch for here in this game, he just needs one red zone touchdown this week to tie Wes Welker, who had nine for the second most red zone receiving touchdowns by a Broncos receiver in a single season. So Cortland's putting up a phenomenal year here. There was that one play last week against the Browns where Russ hit him perfectly on a kind of like a deep crossing pattern, and he was able to turn it up. We thought he was going to get you know to a touchdown, got knocked out of bounds there. I think this could also be a big game for Cortland Sutton against Derek Stingley Jr. It's going to be a tough matchup there, and I know you got to be careful picking your spots in, in terms of testing him and figuring out, okay, is this the right thing for us to do? That's why I think that if Derek Stingley is and the defense that Jalen Petrie, Jimmy Ward's back end of the safety position, if they're going to really focus on trying to take away Cortland, this opens things up in a massive way for your boy here, Jerry Judy, if he is able to play. So we got our eye on that here. But I also think we maybe should talk about Samaj P. Ryan as well. Seems like, Sarah, we did an episode a few weeks ago asking the question, is Jaleel McLaughlin running back two? And we said, yes. Do we think it's now changed back to Samaj being running back two here for Denver's offense? Or maybe even running back one. Yeah, I was just going to say, shoot, he might even be running back one, right? I mean, we saw him dominate as a receiver, especially at end of half situations against the Vikings. And then you see him dominate as a runner against a really tough Cleveland Browns defensive front. I can't help but wonder, are we going to see the Broncos really lean on Samaj P. Ryan? Like, what could happen if he were to get 15 to 20 rushing attempts in a game? Like, we're... What would that do for the offense? And of course, it's not always more equals better, right? That's not necessarily the case because he's been highly efficient with the touches that we've seen him get the last two weeks. Doesn't necessarily mean if he goes out there and gets 20 touches against Houston that it's going to automatically be, you know, still eight yards a carry or almost eight yards a carry. It, I just think it's worth giving it a shot, right? See, ride that hot hand. That's really what the running back position has always kind of been about in, in the best Denver Broncos teams, hasn't it? Is you ride that hot hand, whether it was Mike Shanahan's teams from back in the day or whether it was even that Super Bowl 50 team. Remember, Ronnie Hillman carried the ball and carried that off. He was one of the better players on that offense, the late Ronnie Hillman in 2015 and then as it got close to playoff time it became cj anderson that they started riding his hot hand so 
you maybe look at some of the best Broncos teams. You ride the hot hand, and Samaje Piran, Cody, he's got the hot hand right now. I couldn't agree with you anymore there, my friend. In Broncos country, as you're watching or listening along here, Locked On Broncos, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, we want you to interact with us as well. Tell us who your offensive players to watch this week here on the Broncos side against the Houston Texans defense. Drop them in the YouTube comments below or interact with us on social media at Cody Rourke NFL, at Sarah Benninger, at Lockdown Broncos. But we're going to shift our gears to the defensive side of the ball. We're going to take a look. Who are some players that we have our eyes on specifically here in Sunday's matchup against the Houston Texans? You'll get all that action here on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos is brought to you by our friends over there at FanDuel Sportsbook. And as you all know, FanDuel is America's number one sportsbook. And the NFL season is in the middle of a very, very crucial time right now with a lot of conference matchups coming down the wire, which will set up the playoff race. And FanDuel is the place to be for all the NFL action. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. So if you believe this week in the Broncos as three and a half point road dogs will beat the Houston Texans, you put $5 on the money line in that game. If the Broncos win, you're going to wake up with $150 in bonus bets. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. Their app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, which includes spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. The Houston Texans are a little bit banged up offensively, but there are still some big-time matchups that could determine the outcome of this Week 13 game as the Denver Broncos travel to Houston to play against the fellow 6-5 and five Texans, Cody, with playoff implications all over the place. And as the Broncos embark on a playoff run, which crazy to even say we can't thank all of you everyday listeners enough for being part of the show however you choose to do so free and available everywhere that you listen to podcasts as well as free to watch on youtube where you can also engage with other members of broncos country in the comment section so we thank you and appreciate every single one of you for tuning in right here on the locked on podcast network where you know it's your team every single day Cody, let's break this down because Houston offensively have been very, very good throwing the football. They get Damian Pierce back this week. They, they've got some injury concerns, though, at receiver. What's your top players to watch for Denver defensively as we go up against maybe one of the better offenses we've seen in the last handful of weeks? Yeah, I, yeah, I think so much of it, right? You look at some of the injuries on the offensive line. They obviously lost offensive guard Titus Howard for the year with a knee injury. So Drew Scruggs, more than likely, he's next up on their depth chart. He's going to step in. George Fant, their right tackle, is was on the injury designation, did not participate Wednesday, was limited in Thursday's practice with a hip injury. We'll see maybe where he's at. And Laramie Tunso, I think, has also been banged up a little bit as well. Uh, so for me, I, I think a lot of what I'm looking at here is what can the Broncos defense do? What can the edge rush or the pass rush do? And, and I'm going to look first and foremost at Baron Browning and Jonathan Cooper. Now, obviously, their pressure has been really good so far for Denver this season. Talked to Baron Browning last week following the Browns game. And while Baron had pressures, he had good hits. He was not satisfied with his performance last week, Sarah. He was frustrated about it. He says, you know, I have a higher standard for myself. And it's like, you know, hey, Baron, like you had some really good pressures. You had some really good plays there. He wants sacks and he wants to get after the quarterback. So Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, in my opinion, I'm watching them because you know how C.J. Stroud can move around and, and excel. And one thing that Cooper and Baron told me after that Vikings game, 
Josh Dobbs was the hardest, most elusive guy that they've had to pursue and chase this week. It's a little different because Stroud's obviously not as strong as Dobbs in terms of being able to keep his feet, but man, he's a little bit more elusive. So how does that play into the pass rush situation here? Baron Browning, Jonathan Cooper, we even throw Nick Benito and those guys in there, Drew Sanders into the mix here. Denver's edge rushers, they're my players to watch so far this week as the Broncos prepare for this matchup against the Texans. That offense has a lot of playmaking ability to it. Now, Sarah, I'm going to ask you here, when you're looking at this matchup with Denver's defense against this offense here, who do you have your eye on? And what is one of the bigger keys of this player in order to impact Sunday's game? Yeah, I think really building off of what you said, Cody, watching that interior defensive line led by Zach Allen lately, who's having a tremendous, tremendous season for the Broncos. Looks like one of a number of big time free agent hits this offseason for Denver. But Zach Allen's played really well. Unfortunately, we have seen the Broncos pretty susceptible against the run. And I think that's really one area that this team can't afford to be weak against Houston, because if Houston's able to run the ball and then CJ Stroud is going to be able to sit back there pretty comfortably as the Broncos have to guess with shorter down and distances, what they're doing. So that interior defensive line, Zach Allen, Mike Purcell, DJ Jones, Jonathan Harris, those guys are going to need to make plays in this game, especially against the run to really force the ball into Stroud's hands and into the players that you mentioned, their strength, pin their ears back, rush the quarterback. You want as many third and long situations as you can get in this game for your guys, Cody Browning, Cooper, Benito, to be able to just feast and make plays. And what about on the back end? Tank Dell, I know he's dealing with a calf injury this week. Obviously, he's been a playmaker for Houston, but it's not like he's the only one there, right? I mean, Tank Dell's made a lot of plays. Nico Collins has made a lot of plays. Noah Brown, the former Cowboy, he's made a ton of plays as well, especially after the catch. I think first and foremost, though, you got to ask the question, is anyone going to follow around Tank Dell or Nico Collins, or are the Broncos just going to try to play those guys straight up with how well distributed the football has been this year from C.J. Stroud? I think that's a that's going to be one of those big-time things to watch in this game is, is Pat Sertan moving around, or you know how do they match up size-wise? I mean, because Pat Sertan's probably a better matchup for Nico Collins in that regard. Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think you're right there. I think that you probably should see Sertan wherever Nico Collins is. Now, I think there's times in the game that you can maybe like just play it as is like, hey, I'm staying on this side. Fabian Moreau, you stay on this side. Like, let's just play our let's play our coverage call here. But I think when you're going man situations, you're going to send pressure. I think that's where you have to really kind of mix things up a little bit. Okay, hey, if Collins lines up in the slot, Pat, you're on the slot here. And, and I think the communication has been good between Jaquan, obviously with P.J. Locke, Justin Simmons, and Fabian Murad. The secondary's communication has been great. I mean, you mentioned it here. Like the, the most dangerous threat right now for the Texans' offense in the receiving game is Nico Collins. He's got 800 yards receiving to lead the team, and then Tank Dell's not that far behind him at 709. And one thing that he does really well, it's those – you know, I think somebody in our YouTube comments actually said it pretty well. He's not like the fastest guy, but he's quick, right? And when we talk about guys who are quick, where can they hurt you? It's where you plant that foot and you you run the out. You plant that foot, you run a dig, or you run inside. It's just those sudden twitch things, not necessarily getting behind your defense, but it's, hey, if I can get a step on you, I can make a big play happen. And I think that's where Denver's communication on the back end of the secondary, I think is going to be absolutely crucial. But I think I would put Sertan on Collins, and I think I would just keep, okay, Jaquan McMillan, I trust him against Take Dell on the slot if he's there. Now, if it's on the outside, Fabian Moreau is going to have to play big. Now, I think the adjustment you can make 
Let's say that Tank Dell's really hurting you and Denver doesn't have an answer for him. Then I think maybe, okay, hey, put Pat Sertan on him. See what you can do there to kind of mitigate his impact there. But not only does Denver have to account for these guys as pass catchers, I think you also have to account for maybe Damian Pierce out of the backfield catching the ball as well. I think there could be some opportunities for them to throw him the ball inside the flats or maybe even on an angle route there. I trust Alex Singleton and Josie Jewell in that regard there. But Denver's going to have their work cut out for him. This is a Texans offense right now. I mean, Sarah, they're the they're one of the top 10 offenses, six in terms of net yards per game here. You look at their turnover margin, they're top 10 in the NFL as well. And then CJ Stroud. I mean, the passing offense there, they're second passing ranked offense in the NFL, averaging 276.2 yards through the air. And the thing about CJ, he protects the football. He's only thrown five interceptions this season, right? And he's throwing a lot of yards, throwing a lot of touchdowns. He's playing efficient football, and those guys are a byproduct of his good play, and he's helping them out as well. So that's a big, big matchup here this week, and I think everything kind of ties in with the pass rush and also the cover guys on the back end, as you talked about. Yeah, and the Broncos are going to have to find a way to make sure that he does turn the ball over a little more. He has the five interceptions this year. What's important to note, though, three of those came in one game. So, I mean, he was... I mean, spreading his mistakes out quite a bit up until that point. I believe that was the Cardinals game just a couple weeks ago. He does have six fumbles this year as well, Cody. He's been susceptible a little bit to sacks. He'll take a couple sacks every game, but it's not like he's just kind of hiding and falling down and, and, you know, trying to avoid mistakes. I mean, he's just simply not making a lot of mistakes. So the Broncos are going to have to force the issue. They're going to have to be aggressive and they're going to have to disguise coverage. They're going to have to disguise where the blitz is coming from. This is a big, big game, I think, for defensive coordinator Vance Joseph as well. Uh, it's so crazy to me just looking at Stroud. He doesn't look like a rookie at all. Like he hasn't played like it. It's rare you see a guy come in his rookie year and not look like a rookie. It's very, very hard in today's NFL. So a lot of props to CJ Stroud coming out of Ohio State, lighting it up. And then transition that here to the NFL season. It is big here, but you know what else is big? Broncos country, keys to victory. If the Broncos are going to go from winning five games in a row to winning six games in a row, what do they have to do? We'll give our keys to victory. We want to hear from you as well here on today's episode, Locked on Broncos. Today's Locked on Broncos is also brought to you by our friends over there at the Game Time app, folks. And if you've ever had a frustrating ticket buying experience, like not knowing what your seat or what your view is going to be like, struggling to find last minute ticket deals, Game Time, they take all of that out of the equation. They make it easier for you to get tickets to the events that you want to see. Flash deals, zone deals, last minute tickets, easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event that's going on in your area. Plus, you get views from all the seats in your venue. So if you're going to Houston to watch the Broncos, play the Texans this weekend, you can see exactly what your view will be like of the field when all the action commences at 11 a.m. Mountain Time kickoff in primetime action there, AFC matchup. Outside of all that, Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase. They're obsessed with finding ways to help you save money on tickets. They have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event and even an hour after it starts. It's the place to find last-minute seats, and you can find exclusive flash deals and sponsored deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. With Zone Deals, you pick the section and Game Time picks the seats for an average of 18% savings. And the Game Time guarantee means that you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked On NFL for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Once again, create an account, redeem code, 
Locked on NFL for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. As we jump into the fourth quarter action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos, real quick, want to say thank you so much to everybody in Broncos country. We appreciate you for taking time out of your day to listen to us, to watch us break down all things related to the Denver Broncos, giving you up-to-date objective coverage of them and their opponents that they're facing on a week-to-week basis. We appreciate you so much for rocking with us. Sarah, let's open things up here. Keys to victory. Now, obviously, we could go into some cliches, right? But I think that if we say, okay, if Denver comes into this game against the Texans, both teams, six and five record, a win here for Denver would put them in the wild card spot right now if the playoffs were to end today or after Sunday, if they were able to win. And then we all know, hey, okay, they got another road game against the struggling charters. We just found out that they flexed the Broncos Lions to a primetime game on Saturday night football on the NFL Network on December 16th. So that'll be a little bit fun for us as well. But this is a huge, huge game for Denver. I can't overstate it enough here. If Denver is going to walk out of NRG Stadium on Sunday with a victory, Sarah, in your opinion, what is the key to victory that they have to clue in on offensively and defensively? I think offensively, they need to open up the passing game a little more. I touched on it when I was talking about Jerry Judy being a player to watch. Kind of feel like the Broncos may need to score from outside the 20 a time or two in this game might need to score. You might need to score from a little further away a couple of times. And not that, you know, you can't get into the red zone and cash in, in the red zone. Of course, we want to see the Broncos capitalize on red zone opportunities, but Hey, how about you avoid a red zone opportunity by just scoring before you get there? That would be nice to see <laughs> the Broncos take a shot play Marvin Mims, Jerry Judy, Brandon Johnson, who's hopefully going to get a chance to play again this weekend, Cody, or your yeah. guy that you mentioned in segment one, Cortland Sutton, I don't care how they do it. I don't care if it's a screen that goes for 40-plus. Find a way to score a time or two outside of the red zone and really open up that passing game offensively and defensively. Man, I think it's pretty simple. Once again, although it's easier said than done, I think you've got to stop missing tackles, right? The Broncos have really put themselves in a tough position by consistently missing tackles, whether it's the linebackers at the second level getting beat by running backs or breaking arm tackles, whether it's over pursuit one direction, whether it's defensive linemen getting into the backfield and wrapping a guy up around his legs and somehow not making the play. I think the Broncos are one of the league leaders in missed tackles this season. And really, I mean, they've got to clean that up, especially with Damian Pierce back in the lineup for Houston. Cody, if they are missing tackles against Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, man, the Texans are going to be able to run the ball all day long. They may not even need CJ Stroud's 270 something yards per game. So you got to make tackles in the open field. Got to make tackles when you get a chance behind the line of scrimmage. Now, I'll kind of piggyback on some of your keys to victory here. You mentioned Denver's offense looking to air it out. I think that requires them to change gears a little bit from what they've done. Obviously, they need to be able to run the football, but this is the perfect opportunity for Russell Wilson to come out and air it out. And passing game coordinator Johnny Moe, as they call him, John Morton, I think he's been a tremendous asset behind the scenes for them. But you mentioned all those aspects here. Here's something you look at the Houston Texans defense right now. They're surrendering over 252.5 pass yards per game. That's 27th right now in the NFL and they allow teams to convert on third down at a rate of 42.4%, which gives them a 24th ranking right now in the NFL. That's bottom 10 here. That's where Denver, I think you can maybe take advantage. I think Cortland Sutton's size is obviously something you can match up well. Jerry Judy's route running ability, Marvin Mims, the speed dynamic. Brandon Johnson, I think is going to be a very, very under the radar 
reintroduction here to Denver's offense. I mean, think about it before his injury. I mean, this is a guy who suffered a hamstring injury because you factor in the bye week. He's really missed five weeks of play. It feels like it's been forever since we've seen Brandon Johnson. And the seven games that he played before his injury, he had eight catches. He had five of those catches that would move the chains for a first down. And he had three touchdown catches. And a lot of that came off of some play action stuff. So can Denver open it up here? I think there's a really good opportunity for the Broncos, for Russ to throw it downfield, as you had mentioned, and really kind of control with the explosive play element that a lot of people, you know, even though Denver's been winning, a lot of people have been dogging Denver. Well, they don't have an explosive play capability. That's a lie because we've seen it with Cortland Sutton. But you know what? This is the perfect opportunity. Denver's first indoor game of the season. Can they go into Energy Stadium and light it up through the air? I think there is absolutely a possibility they can do just that. Now, defensively, it's going to kind of tie into my players to watch, but I think you have to get after C.J. Stroud. You have to pressure him in this game. You can't make it easy for him. You can't give him a clean pocket. You can't allow him to extend outside the pocket. Easier said than done, especially when we're talking about it here on this podcast. But the Texans' offense, they're averaging 374.9 yards per game right now. They're top ranked. That's sixth right now in the NFL. They're averaging 5.8 yards per play, which is good for fifth in the NFL right now. 276.2 passing yards per game which is second right now in the nfl and they convert at a very high rate 44.3 percent on third down that's sixth in the nfl so in all these metrics where i think denver defensively on third down has been really good a lot of this stuff can come to fruition where you can slow down this high octane offense by pressuring cj stroud by getting off the field on third down and not giving him easy lanes and i think that's where this week is probably the one week where i'd say okay hey if you're the Broncos, you're the guys on the secondary while the pass rush is chasing him around, you're going to have to cover your receiver on the initial route, and then you're going to have to cover him again. It's almost like, hey, against elusive quarterbacks, you're going to be covering longer than the, the average play of 4.2 seconds that goes on in an NFL field. So for me, those are my keys to victory. If Denver can do that, Sarah, I think there's a big opportunity here, and maybe it's something we haven't even talked about. It's not even our script here. I think that this could be a week for Marvin Mims to have a very, very impactful production type impact here when we talk about the punt return game. I don't know if they're going to kick it to him. I wouldn't kick it to Marvin Mims if I was a, you know, a, a, on a kickoff specialist there, but he's going to have opportunities to return punts. And I think this week, I think absolutely. They have one of the worst punting, I think averages right now in the NFL, Houston, looking at it here on the special team side, gross punting. They're averaging 44.9 yards per punt, which is good for 27th right now in the NFL. Marvin Mims could be an X factor here that could absolutely blow the doors off of this game. I think he very well could, Cody, and it leads back to what we've talked about before. Get off the field on third down, especially early yes. in a drive, so they have to punt it, and you have to give him room, right? You can't just punt it out of bounds when you're buried deep in your own territory. So give your best guys opportunities. Those hidden, That hidden yardage that Sean Payton talked about in the offseason, that makes Marvin Mims such a valuable, valuable asset to this team. Yeah, he may only get a couple chances offensively, but shoot, if you can force three and outs or if you can get off the field quickly on third down, you can get him opportunities to score the ball, not just to make big plays, but to score on special teams, which could be a huge factor anyway. I think the Texans reshuffling some things at kicker as well, Cody. So a lot of special teams could come into play in this particular matchup. Did they sign Brett Maher? I saw he tried out for them. Was it him that signed, or what are they doing? I don't, I don't know. I have no I don't idea. Know. Yeah. 
Well, we're going to be surprised on Sunday, folks. We'll see exactly how it's going to play out here. But we want to know what your keys to victory are if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening wherever you get your podcasts. You can always interact with us on socials at Cody Work NFL, at Sarah Bettinger, at Locked on Broncos. But the next time that you're going to see Sarah and myself, we'll have you covered immediately following the Broncos game on Sunday with the Locked on Broncos postgame report here on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Enjoy your weekend, Broncos country. We'll see you then.